All I have for you is a word. Tenet. It'll open the right doors. Some of the wrong ones, too. Use it carefully. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Jeremy. And my name is Ken. Uh, We also are joined by a special guest today. Hi, everyone. My name is Jacob. You probably have uh, seen me here, or heard me here, sorry, on a previous episode. But uh, I'm here once again to talk about a a movie. Oh, really? (laughs) On a movie podcast? (laughs) My mind's blown. (laughs) Thanks, Jake. Uh, in this episode of the Weekly Reel, we're actually going to be talking about Tenet, and we actually watched this movie all together, the three of us, and we actually watched it in theaters. It wasn't through a streaming service and all that stuff. So how did it feel like watching in theaters again, Jake? Well, for me, um, one thing that I have to say that I really liked about going to the theaters was the popcorn. <laughs> we were able to get some movie popcorn. Obviously, they had uh, safety guidelines in place so that, you know, uh, limited our contact. One thing was that there were no refills on the large popcorn. That one was sad. But um, one thing about this movie is it was very, very loud. And I don't know if I forgot how loud it was to watch movies in theaters or not, but, man, I, I was... Everything was loud. Every little punch every explosion just almost burst my eardrums but um also it was really good to see a movie on that huge screen again especially uh this time we watched the movie in xd so that's like a bigger screen and bigger speakers so that might have contributed to that um i was excited because i wanted to see like the full i want to get the full movie experience you know really taking all like the cinematic um experiences that nolan provides in his movies whether it's from you know what camera he used to film it or the way he frames his shots um i was just really excited to see all that on the big screen dang man that's pretty crazy like wait was the popcorn too salty for you because i feel like it was a little salty for me i think there were some that were just coated in butter and then some that had no butter at all so it was like really hit or miss on every single piece of popcorn yeah, and and the sound of the movie, I do have to agree with you, was was really loud, especially just jumping into that opera scene mm. in the very beginning. All of a sudden, when gu- uh, gunshots start flying, it's like, ooh, surprising. Oh, yeah. And yeah. The you f- you felt the- it, right? <laughs> stomping on the cello. I heard that, like, in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> How was it for you, Ken, going back to the theater? Uh, it was nice. It... it uh... I mean, I think we may have mentioned it last week, but it was my first movie of the year. Um, so it was nice uh, breath of fresh air, despite what we were actually breathing uh, that day. It was a uh, pretty bad air quality up in Napa uh, last Friday. Uh, but uh, man, everything that Jacob did say, I completely agree. Uh, it was just nice to be able to just kind of do... Uh, just something a little bit normal, even though, you know, obviously the guidelines, the social distancing guidelines, you know, having to wear a mask um, and then, oh man, the no refill kind of sucked. Um, but um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I feel like this theater experience was probably one of the cleanest uh, experiences that I've ever had. Um, it was kind of weird not walking through the movie theater and not having your shoes uh, feel all sticky (laughs) and uh, like just being concerned of, you know, what, you know, what you're sitting on, but not worrying about it because it was in the dark. Uh, But this was probably the the cleanest movie uh, going experience that I've had in quite some time, probably since uh, Tanfran and San Bruno opened uh, brand new. So, uh, but yeah, completely agree with what Jacob um, said earlier. 
Yeah, like because you know, in our local theater, when we're walking in some of the theaters or some of the yeah, theater rooms, you can hear like the stickiness of your shoes. So gross. That's nasty. Those back seats, man. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. But I, I totally agree with you guys. Like the atmosphere of going back to the theater is something like unmatched. Just trying to watch some like a movie back at home, just streaming. It's not the same because you're like, everyone's walking around, especially if you, you have like a lot of family members in your household. They're just walking around, banging like doors, closing refrigerators, cooking food. It's not, it's not the same, right? It's like you, you feel totally immersed when you go into the movie theater. Everyone's there for the same goal is to watch this movie. And I felt like, it was a really good experience. Yeah, it, w- it was pretty loud, and it did suck. No uh, free refill on the popcorn. I mean, they could have just given us a second second bucket, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I know. I mean, there were five of us, <laughs> so it would have been nice uh, for them just to kind of honor that, even though there was a big fat sign that basically said that they were giving out free refills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, who knows? Hopefully, we won't have to wait too long till our next movie experience. So yeah, there was one last thing that I did want to mention. And uh, I mean, it was kind of a negative, but it's only for me. It's like a personal preference of mine, Uh, especially within the last uh, several years. I've, you know, especially big releases like a Tenet uh, film. I would normally try to go on opening night and usually opening night is a more rowdy crowd. Uh, I'm one of those people that prefers a louder atmosphere. I know uh, this is probably a polarizing topic. I know a lot of people would prefer more quiet experience, but I think for me, that was the only thing that was kind of missing from uh, for me uh, watching uh, Tenet in the theater, just a more lively crowd. But I mean, that's just a nitpick for me. That's true. Cause since I was sitting between you guys, uh, I felt okay. You know, cause I felt your reactions next to me but i didn't like obviously we were all spaced out so we didn't have anyone like in front of us or behind us so you know it it felt empty in a way you can feel some reactions but they they felt far away so in a way that's good because of the obviously situation the world is in but it's just something that we have to adapt with at least for now yeah as jim carrey says we'll take it (laughs) (laughs) For sure. So um, here on the Weekly Reel, we actually do have a podcast ritual where we talk about one notable movie or TV show we watched in the last week. So, uh, Ken, do you want to start us off with what you watched this last week? Yeah, I'll uh, go pretty quick. Actually, uh, there are two things that I wanted to mention. Uh, One, it's not really a TV show or uh, a movie. I was I've been watching a lot of uh, Casey Neistat uh, vlogs. Welcome back, Casey. He's come out with like five videos in the last six days, and uh, it was it it's kind of getting back to normal a little bit with the viewing habits. And so, um, yeah, just kind of going back to watching his uh, vlogs on YouTube. Anyway, to answer your question for real, um, I've been watching a lot of uh, Christopher Nolan uh, within the last week, basically starting with Tenet, and I wanted to highlight rewatching Dunkirk for the very second time. Uh, first time I watched it was uh, in the theaters when it came out and I hadn't seen it. I remember spending about half the movie trying to figure out what was going on because I wasn't paying attention in the beginning. And the very beginning is very, very important. And uh, yeah, just the fact that I knew what was going on going into this rewatch, at least, you know, certain things um, it was, uh, it was a, better experience overall um it was nice seeing you know the usual nolan um actors like killian murphy uh tom hardy uh and tenet's own kenneth branagh um so i just thought it was a nice connection between uh that uh dunkirk and tenet Uh, i was just nice uh just to sit through a nice wharf just to see like uh like a historical um movie uh, especially since I was able to do a little bit of research beforehand instead of going in cold turkey <laughs> before. Um, but uh, I think Dunkirk may be the most underrated Nolan film. So I don't know if you guys agree, but he, that might be 
the most underrated for me. Wow. I would say Memento because no one really talks about it too much now. But I don't know. True. It could just be uh, – it just maybe just is. I don't know. But Dunkirk is definitely one that people mm-hmm. haven't yeah. seen much. Yeah, I think with uh, Memento, I think people do bring it up. It's just because, you know, obviously he gained a lot of notoriety um, with Dark Knight and Inception, etc. But, I mean, it gets brought up because it's his first yeah, definitely for sure. I do still need to watch uh, Insomnia. I think is on HBO right now, and I still haven't seen that. Me and Ken still haven't watched Prestige, and we'll definitely watch that for uh, for an episode one of these days. But Jacob, um, what did you watch this last week? Well, uh, to go off what Ken was saying, I also watched uh, Casey Neistat's vlogs been coming out daily for the past few days so i'm excited for that just to see you know his uh cinematic ways of vlogging i think if that's how you (laughs) um (laughs) but also related to what ken was saying too i did watch inception i was after a tenant i was in the mood for a mind bending time bending movie that um I was kind of searching for that feeling of not understanding what was going on, but I think in terms of Inception, I pretty much just fully understand, even though it's still pretty complicated in itself. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it for uh, you know this past week. Oh man, yeah, because I, I if you listened to last week's podcast, I actually did mention I watched Inception about two weeks ago, and man, it's still such a good movie. Yeah. Uh, but the movie I watched this past week was Seven with Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. Ooh, that's so good. It, it was my first time watching it, actually. Because mm. uh, I think after Tenet, I was thinking, I kind of want like a dark movie with like some really like notable actors. And I, I was like, Seven sounds really good right now. And of course, I knew like the the infamous line what's in the box <laughs> right like i knew that oh god what's in the box like it, just that that whole thing i'm like and i was a bit spoiled for that part i don't i don't want to mention uh what's actually in the box <laughs> just in case you know uh, you guys want to check it out but yeah i actually really enjoyed the movie and uh a lot of you know the cast you got brad pitt and morgan freeman and uh yeah, a bunch of other people too. I don't like that. I don't want to mention just in case for spoilers. <laughs> but yeah, have have you either of you guys watched Seven? I have seen it, but not for a long time. I think uh, when I watched it, I was still too young to understand it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, it was a while ago, and I remember just being really surprised, I guess, or shocked at a lot of the scenes in that movie. Just because of uh, how graphic they were, I guess. Ooh, yeah. That, yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a lot of crazy, brutal, torture, death scenes type stuff in mm-hmm. there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, everything what you guys are saying, exactly the same. It's been a long time for me. Um, I don't know about being too young or whatever, because I got some years on these young folk uh, that I'm talking <laughs> to right now. Uh, but it, I definitely watched it on DVD. Um, so it's been a while for me. I might have to revisit that uh, eventually also uh, whenever I have a little bit of time. So, yeah, we'll I, I think I, w- I watched it on HBO Max. <laughs> so if you want to oh. check it out. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Thanks Always for the tip. HBO Max. Yeah. <laughs> Still not sponsored. <laughs> Still not sponsored. We'll get in co- you come in contact with us. <laughs> <laughs> we got to stop saying that, by the way, but I don't know. <laughs> So we got to stop giving them free sponsorship. We need to contact them. <laughs> I know. Seriously. I'm going to send out an email. Uh, yeah. But last week, uh, we actually talked about part two of our MCU series, I guess. We talked about Thor, Captain America, the first Avengers, and the Avengers 2012. We actually had a poll running up on our social media, on our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, I believe. And yeah, Ken, do you want to tell them what what the poll was all about? Yes, uh, we decided to switch gears this week. And I feel like a lot of our polls were kind of like kind of on the masculine side 
uh, we kind of switched it up and, you know, we got a little bit of a um, kind of like more something geared towards uh, both guys and girls uh, this uh, this week. And so uh, this poll for this, uh, it was basically phase one of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It was uh, who is your favorite couple? And the three choices were Thor uh, and Jane Foster, Steve Rogers and Peggy Carter and Tony Stark and pepper pots and so uh jacob if you had to vote um who would you have voted for and why well i did vote on the instagram story using that oh, uh, slider <laughs> yes i did but um the the couple that i chose was tony and pepper and i think i chose them because you really see um just throughout all of all of the MCU movies, but then especially in the beginning, you can see their relationship develop from, um, you know, him or her just being his assistant and helping him out whenever he needs it to him actually realizing like you know the kind of person that she is and just them developing that relationship over the course of multiple movies. I think really um, solidified my choice. Oh, interesting. You. Um actually i i guess disagreed with both me and jeremy um i think both me and jeremy on the podcast last week uh kind of a spoiler but uh you can definitely check out the full episode on your favorite podcast app we both uh ended up picking steve rogers and uh picky carter and so for the as for the results actually the majority of our listening audience agreed with Jacob uh, at sixty-seven wow. percent. Yeah, sixty-seven percent of the uh, of the poll, uh, the results, I should say, uh, agreed with uh, Jacob with uh, Tony and Pepper. Yeah, I feel like uh, the Steve Rogers, um, what's your name, Peggy, Peggy Carter. Carter. Steve Rogers, the Steve Rogers and Peggy Carter relationship is kind of. Um, overlooked i should not not necessarily overlooked but it's like people don't really include that i feel like because it's so it's it's like in one movie and then in the last movie but i think i think like i agree with you guys where it's like or it's really close between those two because you can really tell how deep their their love for each other is but then at the same time you know you barely see any of it throughout the movies that's true. I can see that. So yeah, if you wanted to participate in our polls, it is happening every Tuesday on our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Weekly Real. So uh, this week we are talking about a movie that we watched last Friday. We watched Tenet, the Christopher Nolan movie. So this is a spoiler warning. I know we talked a little bit about it. Um, so, but this is your spoiler warning for Tenet. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, go see it right now and tell us if you understood the movie. <laughs> but uh, Tenet, for just a quick synopsis, is through the invention of inversion, the protagonist will fight through time and space to prevent World War II. So that was my, my the synopsis that I wrote down. But honestly, this movie was like so complicated and complex that i was like did did that even make sense (laughs) (laughs) was that enough i don't know uh but we all of us had so many great moments of the movie when we were watching i felt like reactions coming from jacob coming from ken so jacob do you want to mention any of um your favorite moments of tenant yeah so i i wrote down a few but one of them definitely for me was um, when they were inverted and then traveled back to Oslo at the Freeport. And then they went through the turnstile again and then in turn started to uh, fight themselves, kind of. But it was only the protagonist who fought himself. I don't know. I think it was, for, I'll go into it um, a little bit later, but when um when that scene happens i feel like for me it kind of brought the whole thing together uh uh-huh. because you know it's something that happened in the beginning where you didn't really understand what was going on and then finally you see oh that's what happened so wait quick question uh, like 
because I've just realized this now. Since mm. the protagonist fought himself, how come he didn't face annihilation? Because, like, spoilers, I guess. Mm. Um, if you were to t- like touch your <laughs> touch your other self in in the inversion timeline, then you would die, right? Yeah. Something like that. So when he fought himself, how come he didn't die? I think I remember um, when he was being briefed by one of the one of the people after he already found out what was going on, you know, with the inversion thing, that um, if they have the special suit on, then it won't it won't uh, cause them, you know, their atoms to touch each other, and they then he annihilates himself. Because I th- I think that's why they wear those uh, special black suits that they were wearing, was so that if they did come into contact with each other with themselves in the alternate or in- inverted, inverted timeline, yeah. that it wouldn't cause their atoms to come together. I think I remember someone mentioning something about that. Yeah, I think I think you're probably right because uh, the protagonist was wearing that full black getup while yeah. Neil wasn't so. Yeah, that that makes sense. Another scene that I had or moment that I had mentioned um, in my notes was the final scene, which I think we're probably all going to have this on our list. But um, just seeing how the whole pincer movement idea played out, which was basically uh, one team going forward in the mission, I I guess. And yeah, then red team, another, right? Yeah, the red team. And then another team moving backwards through time throughout the mission. So they kind of already know where everything's going to be. And they had everything planned out. I don't even know how their minds were able to wrap around that. But, you know, props to them for saving the world. (laughs) (laughs) I know, seriously, so, like, complicated. How did they even, like, go inverted and, like, then go forward again to, like, deliver the message to the other Mm -hmm. team about what happened because you, when you go inverted, you age. You, you're still aging forward. Yeah. So it's, it's not like one of those time travel movies where you can go back to 1982 and then still be like the same age. Uh, like you have to be, you literally have to, when you travel back in time, you're still aging forward. So it's like, if you want to get back to 1982, you have to actually wait 30 years. Mm-hmm. Right. So I thought that that was a clever way of limiting their time travel as- aspect. Yeah. I think that was pretty cool. Uh, then, Ken, um, oh. I, just, I just have one more. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, this is probably one of the best moments in the movie, but it was uh, towards the end when the protagonist was, there to protect um cat and you know he gets into this car to talk to priya and then shoots the person who was supposed to kill cat this is probably a huge spoiler just <laughs> it's all good dude <laughs> we, we gave the spoiler alert already <laughs> <You're good. laughs> the whole episode is spoilers <laughs> that's true so they're they're talking about loose ends and then Priya thought, oh, my job is to, you know, take care of the loose ends. But then the protagonist, um, he says, no, that's my job. And then she said something like, what? And then he goes, I just realized you don't work for me. Oh, wait, no. He says, I just realized I don't work for you. We both work for me. (laughs) And I think, like, that got, like, the biggest reaction out of the crowd in the movie theaters. Um, It was just confusing but funny but also made sense at the same time <laughs> you forgot how he he ended that with oh yeah i am the protagonist i was like oh, <laughs> oh man the way you said it was so good this is the perfect time to mention that jacob didn't know who john david washington's dad is <laughs> i i i i didn't when i heard the news i was shocked yeah because after the movie we're like john david washington you don't know who he is, and it's like that's Denzel's son, Jacob. I did like, not know that. <laughs> Jacob's mind was blown. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, his mind was blown uh, right in front of his uh, chicken nuggets. Um, oh yeah, at Chick Fil A, <laughs> delicious chicken nuggets. 
Oh, that was so good. So how about you, Ken? What um what's your some of your favorite things of Tenet? Well, uh, the first one that I wanted to uh, highlight was the uh, fight choreography um, in the uh, Oslo uh, Freeport. Just the fact that um, I heard that they had to uh, film that like sev- like so many times, but they had to film it going forward and inverted, you know, with the uh, whole complicated uh, choreography. Obviously, John David Washington, uh, the protagonist, just fighting himself or whatever. And so it was just pretty nuts it looked kind of weird the first time we saw it especially that remember that one part where it looked like he was kind of possessed uh the inverted version was kind of looking possessed (laughs) yeah i'm glad i wasn't the only one that thought that looked really weird (laughs) at least when uh when we're kind of following inverted uh protagonist uh protagonist going backwards when we revisited uh the oslo freeport it looked normal (laughs) so uh, I just thought the fight choreography was crazy. Uh, the second thing that I really, really enjoyed uh, was the whole setup for the Tallinn job. Um, basically, starting the like the the freeway part. I think I even mentioned it to to Jeremy like right then and there. I was like, "Oh, here we go," uh, because man, I was getting some Dark Knight vibes. Uh, you know, during that scene in the Dark Knight when they were trying to use Harvey Dent as bait. And, you know, with the vehicles and everything. And that was, a you know, one of my favorite parts in The Dark Knight. And I just got that whole vibe um, because, like, the music was, like, kind of just getting you pumped up. Um, and then just, like, some of the practical stunts that they were able to pull off, especially with uh, large vehicles. And then to be able to kind of film the kind of late the later part of that action sequence with, cars like tumbling backwards i still don't know how they how they film that it's still like mind-blowing and i kind of don't want to look it up just so that i can just just believe it happened that way hmm speaking of action sequences because uh i noticed like the you mentioned the fight choreography one fight that stood out was the when the protagonist fought at the restaurant in the kitchen remember Ooh. that yeah, remember that that was a good one because normally I've been kind of, I guess, nitpicky a little bit about Christopher Nolan's action, at least the hand-to-hand action sometimes could be hit or miss. Like sometimes you would get something like Inception in the rotating room. That's super cool. Then some other times you get kind of slower action or really choppy action sequences. So uh, I feel like some of these, some some of them in Tenet were like really good. Yeah, definitely. And one last thing I wanted to quickly bring up, the score. Um, the score for Tenet was just amazing. Uh, Ludwig uh, Gorenson, I hope I'm saying his name remotely correct. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool to be able to, uh, for Christopher Nolan to get him, just kind of him going on, um, you know, just on the heels of Black Panther and The Mandalorian. And I don't know about you guys, but ever since... Uh, you watch the movie. I've been listening to the Tenet soundtrack uh, every day at work. Uh, and it's just, I don't know, it gets me hyped to actually do some work. <laughs> yeah, uh, dude, but I've yeah, been listening you, to it too, man. Yeah, I, it's so crazy. Um, and if you guys have Spotify or Apple Music or whatever, definitely check it out, especially after you do watch the film. Well, what do you think of the music, uh, Jacob? I actually um, haven't really listened to it since the movie which is i don't know i i feel like i should have by now but um it's definitely something i need to do but i mean during the movie definitely it was um you know it helped build the like you know what feelings christopher nolan wanted to to you know give the viewers as they were watching whether it was like an action scene or you know a scene that's like building up to the final scene just I, I knew during the movie that it was going to be good listening to it by itself, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. If I had to make a recommendation, there is like, do you remember the scene where I think Sator, he goes to the blue red room in Tallinn, I believe that warehouse. And there's that song where he's walking through, I think it might be the blue side, I believe when he's just entering that room and there's like that music just going crazy uh if you remember that scene if 
I recommend watching or listening to the song Sator because it gets trippy, man. I'm like, ooh, this is kind of disturbing, actually. Dang. You know, I actually yeah. uh, saw a quick uh, YouTube video on that. I think what Ludwig um, Gorenson did was he literally inverted the music, and that's probably what you're hearing. Really? Yeah. It's totally interesting. Nuts. You'll feel it, man. It feels weird. Yeah, it's called Sator, uh, just like Jeremy said. Okay, definitely got to listen to that and then do some research myself. That sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the moments I want to bring up, though, since I'm I'm happy none of you talked about this yet, is when Cat uh, kills Zator at the very end, like yeah. just out of passion. She's like, "I can't wait anymore. I need to kill him now," <laughs> and just like kills him and then slides like just the way <laughs> I thought it was funny when she put down the I think sunscreen on the floor, mm-hmm. and just when she pushes him off, you can hear the. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that, that that was brutal like the way he fell off and he hit the, uh-huh. his hit head, head. The, I was like, oh yeah the whole audience was like oh <laughs> <laughs> just when that happened i was like because i didn't know that he was gonna hit the side of the boat first yeah <laughs> just the way he hit the hit the side and then splashed into the water it's like dang that was a good moment yeah, because I mean that guy. Uh, what was his name? Meet Mihar, uh, the guy from yesterday. He, she was, he was basically wait for my, wait for my signal. Don't do anything. <laughs> and yeah, like like you said, he, she couldn't even wait. <laughs> Freaking crazy. Uh, my other best moment was I think ne- just near the end when N- Neil, I think yeah, Neil, played by Robert Pattinson. When he reveals like that he was like working for the protagonist the whole time. And I, I when he started driving the truck, like when he went in through the turnstile and then he was going forward in the same timeline, trying to like, catch up with them in the truck. I, I'm like, I think that's when I realized it's like, shoot, he's the guy that's in front of in front of the gate and that he dies. And I, I felt really sad after that, but just the end, I think um, it's almost like setting up a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. He had to die because he had to protect the, the protagonist because everyone was working for him. <laughs> <laughs> that line is still the best, man. <laughs> hey, uh, going off what you said about the, the Neil scene, um, when the protagonist first uh, flipped the body and saw that red string on his backpack, um, I I don't even know, but I remembered seeing that on his backpack a lot earlier in the movie, and I think right then that's when I realized that it was Neil. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that, and I I, I need to go back and watch it see if I can catch that again. And yeah, this is definitely a movie I need to rewatch on Blu-ray, 4K, whatever, with captions on. That's for <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah, that that red tag. Uh, well, Neil, I almost said that red tag guy. Neil, <laughs> he, he he actually saves uh, the protagonist early on in Kiev. True at the opera. At the opera, yeah. Yeah, and he's wearing. I, do you guys know where that little keychain thing came from? I don't know where, but I know he was wearing it in the opera scene because you yeah. could see when he turns around, he's wearing the backpack that has a that a keychain on it. Right. Uh, they didn't say. Okay. Just wondering if they, there was like an actual origin story for that little keychain. Mm. Uh, but since we talked about the you know the Oslo scene a little bit and the Tallinn scene with the fire truck and all that stuff, do you guys actually? have a preference on which one's better. And I know we went through those scenes twice forward and inverted. Uh, Ken, do you, do you know which one you actually prefer or like better? Um, well, you know, inverted is fantastic because, you know, you get that feeling of like, Oh, you know, like, you know, it, I feel like for me, that's when I started getting the film, you know, like I was able to kind of put some stuff together, but 
that initial feeling of going through each of the setup, especially, um, especially, you know, while they were trying to set up like what they needed to do at the Oslo Freeport and uh, them setting up like uh, the, you know, that tall scene with, uh, you know, just trying to um, steal the, uh, the part of the um, algorithm. I, I think uh, forward still better for me, uh, even though I understood it more kind of going back. So that's just me. How about you, Jake? Uh, so for me, um, I kind of alternated them. So for Oslo at the Freeport, I chose the reverse side or the inverse inverted side because, like, like I mentioned earlier, for me that like kind of brought the whole movie together because um, you know I just started to understand what was going on and how time was working in the movie. It was like my aha moment, uh, you know, watching all that, um, just, just seeing how, or thinking about how confused I was by what was going on when I watched that scene for the first time, when they're going through it, you know, in the forward timeline, just, um, seeing everything play out in the, in the inverted timeline was just satisfying to see, Oh, that's how that happened. That's how that happened. Then, you know, that's when I kind of st- started to understand how time worked in the movie. Um, for the Tallinn part with the freeway, I chose the forward timeline because it was more, for me, it was like more exciting. You know, like it's kind of like a heist thing where they're putting together all these um, little aspects of their mission to try and steal the, you know, one of the algorithms. So, and then also, in the inverted timeline of Tallinn, I was still kind of confused about, you know, how everything was working and trying to understand still of the way that time worked. So yeah, that's, that's, that's what I thought about those two scenes. You literally stole my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> you, you incepted me, took it from my vault and put it in yours. It's like, Oh yeah, they, that, those are really good ideas, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I feel the exact same way, basically with everything that you said. The Oslo inverted, Tallinn forward, uh, just especially when in the Oslo Freeport, when the protagonist kind of like lays down in front of the 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 plane engine, I think to kind of like blast himself through, I guess that that one door. I thought I'm like, dang, that's pretty crazy because I thought when they were going forward that whoever he was fighting died. Like when he yeah. slid under the thing, I thought he got eaten up by the engine. I guess not because he's still alive. <laughs> so, cause that was a bit confusing. It, it made look, the editing made it look like he flew through the door into the engine and then it uh-huh. exploded. Yeah. But apparently he just slid through. So I think you were made to believe he was just a henchman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I almost was thinking, oh, if he is the protagonist, when, when he was fighting that guy for the very first time, but I was like looking at his arms coming through the the his sleeves. I'm like, oh, he's a little bit lighter skin. So I'm like, maybe that's Robert Pattinson fighting him. Uh, Neil, but I guess it was it was him. So <laughs> who knows? Maybe it was a stunt double or, or, or something that threw me off. Uh, but I know we've talked about like inverted forward and I know that gets pretty complicated, especially in tenant. I know that some people have complained about that. So how do you guys feel about Nolan's complex storylines and was tenant actually too complicated for its own good? Uh, and do you have any thoughts on that, Jake? Well, in terms of just, you know, generally how Christopher Nolan makes his, movies and the concept of his movies confusing like i personally like that like i like watching a movie and you know trying to nit not nitpick but like look at every aspect of every scene trying to figure out you know why is that there? like everything's there for a reason that's the thing i like about christopher nolan is that everything that he puts on screen is there for a reason so um you know yeah and then in terms of tenet um i think it was definitely too complex at times and there's some things that obviously i still don't understand so i need to watch the movie again but um i think it was definitely complex also in a time where you know movie theaters are not as accessible as they 
uh, are usually. So it's not as easily, or we can't just as easily go over to the movie theaters and watch it again, which I would have loved to have done if, you know, movie theaters close by were open uh, showing the movie. But um, yeah, just in, I like Nolan films because they kind of make me confused. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree to sense. a certain extent. Yeah. I, I laugh because I understood that. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, um, I love it. Uh, I love his complex storylines because uh, I don't think Jacob mentioned it, but I, I think that's Christopher Nolan pushing the boundaries of what can be done uh, in the film industry. Um, just the way he um, has, you know, played with time. Um, it just pretty much in, in most, uh, if not all of his films, especially obviously tenant uh, just kind of going forwards and backwards, just kind of going in a loop, uh, going in and around a loop. Um, I love the fact that he is not afraid to, you know, just experiment and just try different things because you know what, that's how the movie industry gets better. Um, they can see what a guy like Christopher Nolan is doing and, you know, it'll inspire them to try to create some original uh, content and, and, and like it or not, you know, especially in 2020, I feel like a lot of the big, um, like big budget films uh, that we normally would be going to are mainly sequels, you know? So, for Christopher Nolan to push the boundaries on original content is 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 amazing. Uh, as for Tenet being too complicated, um, I liked it uh, just because it just makes me want to. I mean, I totally didn't get it the first time. Um, I had to, you know, just try to watch some YouTube videos to try to understand it. But um, if a film like that doesn't make you think uh then i think there's there's something missing you know and, and again it, i go back to him pushing the boundaries and so um, i didn't mind the complicatedness i don't know if that's a word uh i didn't mind that at all uh because it made me want to re-watch it and uh, it's all about the theater watching experience anyway and if you don't get it all like the first time you know what watch it again yeah, at least it was pretty pleasurable to watch, at least for the most part, I think. Uh, in my opinion, I do also like how complex his movies are. I think the perfect sweet spot for me was Inception on how like crazy it can get and mix with his his epicness of his story. Um, but and I also do like you know, that I would have to like do research, a little, at least a little bit of research after the movie. Like there are like th some of these hanging questions just that you need to clarify. I love researching that after the movie, uh, yeah, going on Reddit and seeing all like different comments and posts on there and all that stuff. I like doing that. Uh, honestly, for me going into tenant, however, uh, or at least after watching tenant, I feel like it was actually maybe a little bit too complicated for its own good. I think it crossed that line very slightly just by a hair for me. Um, just maybe it was because of the sound mixing that I couldn't understand anything that, that they were saying either because of like their really heavy accent or the music or was too loud or the sound effects were too loud. I don't know. Masks. But yeah, or they were wearing like oxygen masks. It's like, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. Like sometimes I don't know if that made it more complicated and a lot more hard to follow. Um, but honestly, yeah, for me, I, I, I enjoyed it, but it was maybe a little bit too complicated to be like fully, like it was sometimes it was a bit of a chore to follow sometimes I could see that. Um, but so tenant is obviously like any film, it's not perfect. Right. So uh, do you guys have any nitpicks, any worst moments that you didn't like about the movie? Um, Jake, do you want to go first? Yeah. So um, I think first thing, something that you mentioned is how hard or difficult it was to understand what people were saying at times. And I think I read somewhere 
um, that Christopher Nolan did that on purpose. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know why, I don't know what purpose that serves. Maybe just makes it more uh, difficult to understand the movie, (laughs) which I guess is what he wanted. Um, But that combined with, I thought they talked pretty fast during the movie, like between, um, especially if it was between two different people who were talking, um, they would just start talking right after the other one was finished. Like, I'm still trying to process what one person said and, um, you know, go back in my head, think about what they actually said because of how muffled their voices sound sounded. But um, yeah, so definitely the audio. And then um, one part that I thought was uh, not worse, well, I guess it's a nitpick, um, is how quickly the protagonist understood the concept of inverting time. It was like everything that was mentioned to him, for whether it be from like the scientists or from heads of the organization, it was it just seemed like he got it right away. And I thought that maybe, you know, him kind of trying to figure that out would also be in the same time that we would be trying to figure it out as viewers. But I mean, he got it really fast. And I think that also made it pretty difficult and complex in terms of you know, the concept of inverting time and how everything would work. Um, the last thing, which this isn't really a, a bad thing, but every scene was important. You know, like every single word that everybody said was important to the story. And that was hard for me because I really had to pee like after the first 30 <laughs> minutes of the movie. And I kept asking myself, wait, is this a good time to go? And as I was about to go, people started talking. I was like, oh, this is probably important. So, uh but I mean, yeah, that's it. That's all my uh, nitpicks for Tenet. Yeah, like when every word is so important, I feel like the audio is like even more crucial. I think yeah. in, in during the movie, we didn't even know Sator's name. I was like, oh, Saito, <laughs> right? Saito from from Inception. Inception. That's his name. <laughs> I thought it was Sartor uh, from uh, <laughs> from Ragnarok. <laughs> or, uh, or I, honestly, yeah. I honestly don't even remember hearing his name at all. <laughs> oh man, I thought Is I was going crazy during that one scene uh, in the uh, in the Tallinn. Uh, oh, <laughs> Oof. that was oh, rough. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, is it because they're uh in like maybe some like sealed area? But no, <laughs> he was talking <laughs> Yeah, he was talking backwards and it's like and then the, it would come through the radio, which is super staticky, uh-huh. through like a little walkie-talkie that's like taped to the wall. I'm like, bro, at least turn up the audio on that walkie-talkie. I felt like I was having a stroke with trying to listen to him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, some of uh well some of my nitpicks uh again I'll mention it was sound mixing was definitely uh at the top of the list for me. Um I mean for me I I still like the the loud music. I like the 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 pump uh, chest pumping. You just feel the like the bass in in, in your chest. Uh, I do like all that, but I felt like you know like for the sound mixing, the dialogue uh, is where, man, I just felt lost. Um, and it definitely contributed to me being lost for the first hour, at least maybe, uh, until like stuff was starting to kind of come come back and uh, come together for me. And so that's a huge one for me. Um, agree completely with what Jacob mentioned earlier. A new one that I kind of wanted to mention is that um, do you guys remember that one dude, uh, Ives? He oh, was like, yeah, Aaron yeah. Taylor Johnson. If you guys didn't know, he played Quicksilver in Age of Voltron and he was kick ass. Oh. oh, man, my mind's just being blown right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, but, yeah, I, I felt Ives? The, he had the beard, he was the, like one oh. of the last three at the end. Yeah, he was, oh. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you would think that. Him being one of the last three at the end and him being, you know, ending up with one third of the algorithm, you know, he'd be like important or whatever. But I felt like we didn't really know too much about Ives. They didn't spend too much time developing his character, uh, which I feel like they could have a little bit more. And uh, because, I mean, I did like Ives. And and at the end, 
uh, again spoiler um warning i was like oh is he double crossing both neil and the protagonist <laughs> and then obviously he did it but uh but it just that you know little bit of like you don't really know where he's from i don't know if they're tr- you know what if they would if they would set up a tenant based like netflix show or whatever i could see them doing that with ives being like the main guy I think I think he was that good. I, I I like his uh screen presence overall. I just felt like it was he was kind of wasted in a way. Um because they didn't really develop him. Yeah, I remember when they announced that Aaron Taylor Johnson was going to be in the movie and then he shows up like what halfway in the movie. I'm like, "Oh shoot, yeah. I forgot this guy was in this movie." <laughs> but yeah, I I did like him as a character. Um he deserved more sp- uh more screen time in my opinion. And the last very very nitpick, it's very unrealistic, but I thought it would have been pretty cool if Tenet came out on February 2nd of 2020 because that's the last palindrome day that we're going to get for a very long time. And I thought it would have been pretty sweet. Uh, I looked on what day February 2nd fell on this year, it would have fell on a it fell it fell on a Sunday, so a movie definitely wouldn't have uh <laughs> <laughs> open on that day but it would have been pretty cool to watch it on 2 20 that would be pretty cool yeah because it was supposed to come out originally in july right yeah yeah but that was just my unrealistic nitpick uh, <laughs> come on christopher nolan <laughs> tell the future christopher nolan you slacking you slacking come on use your power and then version and go back in time <laughs> prevent covid from happening just send oh, i know that because that would have been pre-covid too <laughs> just send denzel <laughs> <laughs> instead of his son <laughs> you would have to kill uh denzel's dad for the grandfather paradox <laughs> dang <laughs> how about you jeremy with your nitpicks uh well you guys mentioned a lot about like the sound mixing and stuff i totally agree that sometimes You just can't hear what they're saying. And Jacob did mention that every scene is important in the movie. And that's obviously you want that in every movie that they every detail of the movie is for the sake of the story, for the sake of the movie, for making it better. And that's great. Uh, But one of my nitpicks is that there's a lot of sitting and talking at the dinner table type stuff, like the way they would deliver their exposition. I think like, one good example would be when the protagonist talks to Michael Caine. They're literally having lunch together. And just them talking back and forth across from the table got kind of boring to a point because I it happened quite a few times. There was with like Kat and the protagonist, I think Sator and the protagonist at one point. And it, it gets kind of boring in a way. Um, and... Christopher Nolan, I think, is pretty good at exposition most of the time. I think, like in in Inception, uh, when Cobb and Ariadne are when Cobb's like explaining how everything works, they're literally in a dream and they're testing out all this crazy stuff. And I thought that was like you interject your exposition into basically a really cool, interesting way uh, of the scene, but. In Tenant, it was kind of like they're just sitting there talking, and I thought I found that kind of boring sometimes. And just not being able to hear them made it made it kind of worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that, I mean that's just like a, a nitpick, I guess. But I, I think that was probably the biggest negative I had of of, of Tenant. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, there was, I mean, yeah, a lot of the dialogue scenes, now that I think about it, were in front of, you know, they were just sitting at a table. Even the when the protagonist met Sator for the first time was at a, was that at a birthday, but everyone was just sitting at the table. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> yeah, like you mentioned, um, in Inception, just the way they were able to kind of alternate really quickly between a dialogue scene and an action scene. Uh, like for example, when um, Cobb had to go see uh, Eames, which is played by Tom Hardy, you know, right after that, they or they talked for a little bit, and then right after that, it transitioned to like a chase scene. So you got you kind of got that um, excitement right after they talked. And then also one thing 
um, in terms of like all the dialogue, I feel like there was a lot of back to back dialogue scenes where there was just like no action or no time for you to take kind of take in and absorb what they said. So, you know, for me, that I think that was also one of the difficult parts of understanding how complex the movie was. Yeah, I, I I definitely remember that. I got kind of tired watching the movie because they it really doesn't give you time to breathe. Mm-hmm. There's like no uh, establishing establishing shots. I feel like they cut a lot of those out probably for the sake of time. But yeah, so I felt a little bit tired because of that. But overall, uh, did Tenant meet your guys' expectations? Uh, for me, it did. Um... You know, it was also uh, one of the big things about it was it being one of the or the first, you know, big movie to come out in theaters in a long time. So, you know, just having that, what was it, seven, six or seven month break of not seeing a movie in theaters, uh, having this one, the first one to watch, I think was special because, you know, it just kind of, it really made me um understand how much i love the movie going experience um in terms of understanding the movie um i kind of went into it not or expecting not to really understand it but (laughs) i expected to be amazed by the concept of how complex the movie was and how good the cinematics would be and for me like that was that i wasn't disappointed and according to those uh, points yeah, for me, um, I had uh, like three expectations going in. Uh, I mean, it, it helped that, uh, well, first of all, I didn't really have expectations in terms of like, oh, I'm going to expect this to be on Inception's uh, like like tier, I should say. Um, so because, I mean, I think it helped that I didn't really watch uh, the, tra- I hadn't watched the trailer in months before that. I only saw the first trailer, never saw, the- there was a second one, right? Yeah, there's definitely a second one. Yeah, so I didn't watch that. So, um, you know, it kind of went in with uh, tempered expectations. But in terms of specifics, um, I kind of expected uh, that, you know, kind of like watching Inception for the first time where I wasn't going to be able to understand everything. So that definitely um, checked uh, that box right there. Um, I had a feeling that, you know, Tenet going, you know, forward and backwards from the first trailer, that time was, you know, going to be a central theme and like every other Christopher Nolan film. And it definitely was. And uh, just the fact that it got me thinking a lot after the film, it definitely did for sure. So those are the three expectations, specific expectations that I had going into the film and definitely check all the boxes for, for me. So how about you, Jeremy? For me, I, I going into the movie, I knew that there was some sound mixing problems. So I, I tried to make sure that when I was watching the movie, I was really paying attention either to like their their lip flaps and um, <laughs> and just their mouth movements. But I still sometimes couldn't, especially with Kenneth Branagh. I was like, dude, why 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 are your lips so like straight? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I can't understand what you're saying, and um, that was one of my expectations going in. I kind of knew going in that there wasn't too much characterization uh, going on. Uh, I was kind of disappointed in that as well. That there wasn't too much backstory because I know that there's there's this huge. I expected like this huge spectacle of a movie where you're like globe trotting, and they definitely were in this movie. Um, but the the characters of like the protagonist, I don't think match up in terms of like my my sympathetic nature compared to like Cobb of Inception. I didn't really feel like like the feels when stuff was like going wrong and um, all this epic stuff was happening. It, it sometimes it felt a little bit hollow for me, but I did really still enjoy like the. Like I said, the spectacle and epicness of it. Um, I did like it probably more than Dunkirk, if I had to compare to his last movie. Very two different movies, though. Um, and But I did, 
I do feel like Tenet is more my style of the movie, uh, more of my style of movie, just because of its genre, I think uh, piques my interest a bit more with the whole sci-fi aspect of it. So one of my expectations, I actually also maybe have seen the Rotten Tomatoes score, and I know we usually do the Guess the Rotten Tomatoes score segment, and I do want to mention that uh, me and Ken are tied up 6-6 from last week. We are fully tied up. That was a really good competition game last week, and we're all tied up. Uh, I When I was trying to consider whether or not we should score this episode for Tenant, I feel like it would be a bit unfair because I do kind of know like the ballpark of Tenant. I think it, it just happened, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Why are you why are you ruining like my favorite part of the, the podcast, bro? <laughs> just, uh, yeah, sorry, man. It's just like when I was ordering tickets, I hate that sometimes. Like Fandango has like uh you're ordering tickets and then they have tenant, blah blah percentage. It's like, oh dang. I know, I hate it. I hate it when it's just like right there. But Luckily, Jacob's with us, so we'll play for bragging rights here. <laughs> yeah, so we're not officially gonna score it, but at least we can we can play the game for for fun. Yeah. So, especially uh, since Jacob's here. <laughs> yeah, Jacob gets to play for fun. Yeah. All right, Jacob, do you want to take your guess on what Tenet is on Ron Tomatoes? Yeah. Um, honestly, I like know the ballpark score as well because I saw it. <laughs> But um, if I had to score this based on like, you know, just like how I enjoyed the movie and how I feel like critics would rate it, um, I would say that it's an 87%. Interesting. (laughs) Well, for me, I did not see anything remotely Rotten Tomatoes uh, uh, related, but... I almost did last week uh, while I was actually searching for uh, when I was actually looking up the scores for each of the three films that we covered in the MCU, Jeremy. I almost did because I forgot that on the Rotten Tomatoes home page, they will have current movies on there. And luckily, I noticed it and I literally blocked it with my hand so I would, wouldn't be spoiled. Anyway, I was really close with Jacob's guess. I guessed 88 Ooh, dang, dude. Uh, all right, I'm gonna look it up because I, I actually just looked it up right now, and I was my my guess was gonna be 80. Uh, but I, so I just looked it up right now, mm-hmm. and Tenet is 73% on runs. Really? Yeah. Oh man, interesting. So it's much lower than than your guys' guess. I want to. I need to read some of those reviews and see, you know, their reasoning for rating it that low. That's because they couldn't get it. I know it's exactly. <laughs> it's basically like Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that score either. <laughs> oh, dude, Fight Club was. Can you even guess? Get Jacob. Guess what Fight Club got? Just throw out a number from what you know. percent. Oh dang, Jacob would have <laughs> Jacob would have won for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it was like a seventy-eight or something. Yeah. Oh, what did, it was what in did the you 70s for sure? What did you guys guess again? I forgot. Like ninety. Um, let me look mm-hmm. at my notes. Actually, <laughs> it was, it, we we scored we guessed really high just because when you think of Fight Club, it's like oh everyone likes that movie, right? Yeah. It's like let's, let's guess really high, but um, yeah, it's like. 78 or something so you would have won that 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 round for sure by, by a mile i guess 94 <laughs> 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 holy oh that, i would have been i would have been way off <laughs> but yeah so guys if you agree with the ron tomato score let us know because our audience question of the day is how did you feel about tenant so if you guys want to reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, you can t- you can search us up at Weekly Real. Or if you want to email us, uh, what's our email again, Ken? <laughs> well, since we, since you haven't learned it yet, um, it is weeklyrealpod at gmail.com. Yeah, and for sure, if you enjoyed Tenant, if you hated Tenant, 
please let us know either in the comments, in our, in your email, in your tweet. Let us know. Uh, what what are we gonna watch for next week, Ken? Well, for next week, we are making our first visit into the stylized world of Quentin Tarantino in the 1994 classic Pulp Fiction. I know Jeremy still hasn't seen it. Uh, Jacob, actually, have you seen it? I actually have not seen Pulp Fiction. Oh, interesting. You might have yeah. to watch that before. Uh, yeah, sometimes this weekend before we release uh, the that episode but uh yeah we might have a brand new guest that day so we're still working that out uh so you're gonna have to stay tuned to see if we get that guest all right cool i'm definitely looking forward to pulp fiction it was like one of those movies i'm like do i feel like watching it i'm like okay it's a tarantino movie and i've heard some things about some scenes i'm like i don't know if i feel like some gruesome stuff right now so, but I am definitely feeling it now for some reason. <laughs> and I'm, I guess that's a good thing because we're going to be talking about it next week. Hopefully we can get a guest for next week. Uh, hopefully we can confirm that. And so, yeah, I'm super excited for arguably people's favorite Tarantino movie. Yes, it's definitely up there for most. Uh, it's top one or two really on a lot of people's lists for Tarantino fans for sure. So yeah, uh, if if you want to catch Jacob on the social medias, where can they find you, Jacob? Well, for me, um, Twitter, Instagram, at uh, Fashoje. Um, I think there'll be a you know you can get the spelling down in the description. Um, also, I stream on Twitch, play some video games. Um, it's gonna be at Fashoje underscore. That'll also be in the description. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Well, for me, if you want to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and all that stuff, it's at JP Flicks, uh, JP underscore Flicks, actually. And if you want to uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, just search up my name, Jeremy Pullen Barrett. Um, trying to keep up with some reviews over there. How about you, Ken? Uh, you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Free Ken A. That's Free underscore Ken underscore A. And the spelling also will be in the episode description. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a fun time, guys. Dude, Tenant was super complicated. I, I feel like we didn't even talk about a lot of stuff. And we talked about a lot of things. But this movie is definitely worth a rewatch on how complicated it is. Yeah, I, I'm kind of glad we didn't take the complicated route because, I mean, our audience will be <laughs> will be confused already. So I don't think we need to compound that by coming up with and talking like complicated uh, concepts. So I yeah. think we did this the right way. Yeah, if we were trying to break down Tenant, it would take like five hours. So <laughs> it would be crazy. Yeah, it would it would be its own uh, season. <laughs> what if we reversed the protagonist's name? <laughs> I don't know. That would be crazy. But anyway, guys, uh, I had a really fun time. Stay tuned in for next week's episode on uh, Pulp Fiction. And yeah, we'll see you next week on The Real. <laughs> <laughs>